This is the Bible Book Club. And we're in the book of Numbers. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Last episode, the first of Numbers, our new season, we learned that Numbers is a story of how God faithfully led Israel through the wilderness despite their rebellion. And spoiler alert, he'll do the same for you. Yes. (laughs) But we read chapters one and two. The Israelites are packing for the journey and like all things, God has a plan for how he wants them to pack. A census of all the men in every tribe but Levi is taken. And of course, there's going to be a few fights in the future with all these men mobilizing for the army. Yeah, that's why they took a, a census of all the men. Yeah. And then God gave them a plan for how they should camp and how they should set up each and every time they move, which we learned should have only taken them 11 days, but it takes a bit longer (laughs) as we will see. Exactly. Okay. In in this episode, we're going to discuss chapters three and four of Numbers. In these two chapters, God is going to command the census of the Levites, because we skipped them last time, and give the detail of another layer of protection around the tabernacle. They're going to be between the tabernacle and the other tribes. Now, the Levites made up this inner square, and it was their job to protect the tabernacle from the impurity of the camp and to protect the people in the camp from the tabernacle's holiness, because if they entered it, they could die. Here is the first census continued with chapter three, the census of the Levites. Now, the census of the Levites was actually two different censuses and served a different purpose than the census of the other 11 tribes in the last episode. The first census of the Levites was to count all Levites and in particular, those sons over a month old. These Levite sons would replace the firstborn sons of the other tribes in service to God. And I'm going to talk more about that in a second. The second census of the Levites was to determine the number of age-appropriate Levites, age 30 to 50, who would be available to work in the tabernacle. Why did they have to be 30? Why couldn't they work when they were like 15? When I tell you how much pressure this job was, you'll understand. No teenagers. No teenagers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, even 20-year-olds. We're going to wait till you're 30 and your hands are steady. Okay, so let's talk about the first census of the Levites, which is to count those sons a month or older, starting with the census of the priests. Chapter 3. This is the account of the family of Aaron and Moses at the time the Lord spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai. The names of the sons of Aaron were Nadab, the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithmar. Those were the names of Aaron's sons, the anointed priests who were ordained to serve as priests. Nadab and Abihu, however, died before the Lord when they made an offering of unauthorized fire before him in the desert of Sinai. They had no sons. So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests during the lifetime of their father, Aaron. The story of Nadab and Abihu is, was in Leviticus. So you can go back and read that. Right now, all priests are Levites, but not all Levites are priests. Let me explain. So we just read the census of the only priests who are left. There's only Aaron and two of his sons because the other two sons were killed. So when I say all priests are Levites, but not all Levites are priests, here's what I mean. Jacob had 12 sons. 
Levi was the third and his descendants became the tribe of Levi. We've discussed this. Levi had three sons that became the three clans of the tribe of Levi, the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the Merorites. Kohath, Levi's second son, had sons. The oldest was Amram. Amram is the father of Aaron, Miriam, and Moses. You can read about that in Exodus 6. Moses was considered a priest because of his unique relationship to God, which included his ability to talk to God and to be in God's presence. That's why we talk about Moses as prophet and a a priest. But Moses anointed Aaron as high priest, and the priesthood passes to Aaron and will continue through Aaron's line. Therefore, all priests descend from this one Levite family, Aaron's family only. Now, Aaron had four sons, but two died in Leviticus due to negligence while on tabernacle duty. It's a high pressure job. That leaves three priests total, as I mentioned, Aaron as high priest and Eleazar and Ithamar as regular priests. The priesthood is the top of the religious order. That's why we're discussing it first. We learned in season three that only priests could look at or touch the holy things, and only the high priest could enter the most holy place, and only priests could offer sacrifices. The Levites, the thousands of other members of this tribe who were not priests, were to guard, transport, and erect the tabernacle. They could not do sacrifices. They could not see the holy stuff. They were not the chosen ones. Only Aaron's family could do that. Now, what became of Moses's line and specifically his two sons? I am going to save that mystery for chapter 12 when some interesting remarks are made about Moses's wife, Zipporah, because it is really strange. Nothing ever comes of Moses. Only Aaron's line continues. Okay, the census of the Levites. Here we go. So we've got the census of the priests. We're moving now to the census of the Levites. Verse five, the Lord said to Moses, bring the tribe of Levi and present them to Aaron, the priest, to assist him. They are to perform duties for him and for the whole community at the tent of meeting by doing the work of the tabernacle. The translations for duties and doing the work are not really clear in English, not as clear as the Hebrew phrases intended. God is giving the Levites two main functions. Keep guard and do all the heavy work. They only had to do the heavy work when the camp was on the move, which actually ended up being a lot more than anyone guessed it would be because they went from 11 days to 38 years. They had to be on guard, however, all the time. They had to be ready to kill any unauthorized person approaching the tabernacle, its furniture, or the altar. So they were like the policemen. Yeah, and you know, you've said that it's a high-pressure job, and I, I get that. These guys had to be so talented because we learned so much in in Leviticus about yeah. all of their skills. They were yeah. chefs. They were yeah. general contractors. They, they were butchers. They were butchers. But they also had to be like super strong. So they're working right. out all the time because they have to yeah. carry this tabernacle with all this yeah. metal inside of it. I mean, they're just serious guys. Now, police officers, you add to their list right. of things they could do. They're just a just big deal. Just can't imagine the, the schedules that came under this. Like, who's on guard tonight? And how many of us need 
to be in garden. Yeah, I don't know. Crazy. All right, continuing on in verse 8. They are to take care of all the furnishings of the tent of meeting, fulfilling the obligations of the Israelites by doing the work of the tabernacle. Give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They are the Israelites who are to be given wholly to him. Appoint Aaron and his sons to serve as priests. Anyone else who approaches the sanctuary is to be put to death. The Lord also said to Moses, I have taken the Levites from among the Israelites in place of the first male offspring of every Israelite woman. The Levites are mine, for all the firstborn are mine. When I struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, I set apart for myself every firstborn in Israel, whether human or animal, they are to be mine. I am the Lord. The Lord said to Moses in the desert of Sinai, count the Levites by their families and clans, count every male a month old or more. So Moses counted them as he was commanded by the word of the Lord. These were the names of the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Okay, pay attention to those because those are going to be the three Levite clans who flank the tabernacle. These were the names of the Gershonite clans, Libni and Shimei, the Kohathite clans, Amram, Azar, Hebron, and Uziel, the Merorite clans, Mahli, and Mushi. These were the Levite clans according to their families. To Gershon belonged the clans of the Libanites and the Shemites. These were the Gershonite clans. The number of all the males a month old or more who were counted was 7,500. The Gershonite clans were to camp to the west behind the tabernacle. The leader of the families of the Gershonites was Eliasaph, son of Lael. At the tent of meeting, the Gershonites were responsible for the care of the tabernacle tent, its coverings, the curtain at the entrance to the tent of meeting, the curtains of the courtyard, the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard surrounding the tabernacle and altar and the ropes and everything related to their use. To Koath belonged the clans of the Amramrites, Esherites, Hebronites, and Uzielites. These were the Kohathite clans. The number of all the males a month old or more was 8,600. The Kohathites were responsible for the care of the sanctuary. The Kohathite clans were to camp to the south side of the tabernacle. The leader of the families of the Kohathite clans was Elisaphan, son of Uzael. They were responsible for the care of the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the articles of the sanctuary used in ministering, the curtain, and everything related to their use. The chief leader of the Levites was Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest. He was appointed over those who were responsible for the care of the sanctuary. The Kothites were more prestigious. They have a tougher job than the other two clans because Aaron's family of priests were from the Kothite line. To Merari belonged the clans of the Machlites and the Mushites. These were the the Merorite clans. The number of all the males a month old or more who were counted was 6,200. The leader of the families of the Merorite clans was Zuriel, son of Abahail. They were to camp on the north side of the tabernacle. The Merorites were appointed to take care of the frames of the tabernacle, its crossbars, posts, bases, all its equipment, and everything related to their use, as well as the posts of the surrounding courtyard with their bases, tent pegs, and ropes. Moses and Aaron and his sons were to camp at the east of the tabernacle toward the sunrise in front of the tent of meeting. They were responsible for the care of the sanctuary on behalf of the Israelites. Anyone else who approached the sanctuary was to be put to death. All right. On the east side of the tabernacle, facing the sunrise is the entrance to the tabernacle. 
in front of that entrance, you have Camp Moses and Aaron protecting the tabernacle. Behind Camp Moses and Aaron, you have Camps Judah, Issachar, Zebulun protecting Camp Moses and Aaron. Now, on the south side of the tabernacle are the Kohathites, and behind them are the tribes Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. On the west side of the tabernacle are the Gershonites, and behind them are tribes Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. On the north side of the tabernacle are the Merorites, and behind them are the tribes of Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. In the last episode, we shared a detailed drawing of the Israelites camped around the tabernacle penned by a Dutch illustrator that I love named Jean Lucan. We're going to put it in the show notes again. It will give you a taste of the magnitude of this camp. Verse 39, the total number of Levites counted at the Lord's command by Moses and Aaron according to their clans, including every male a month old or more, was 22,000. The Lord said to Moses, count all the firstborn Israelite males who are a month old or more and make a list of their names. Take the Levites for me in place of all the firstborn of the Israelites and the livestock of the Levites in place of the firstborn of the livestock of the Israelites. I am the Lord. So Moses counted all the firstborn of the Israelites as the Lord commanded him. The total number of firstborn males a month old or more listed by name was 22,273. The Lord said to Moses, take the Levites in place of all the firstborn of Israel and the livestock of the Levites in place of their livestock. The Levites are to be mine. I am the Lord to redeem the 273 firstborn Israelites who exceed the number of the Levites collect five shekels for each one according to the sanctuary shekel, which weighs 20 geras. Give the money for the redemption of the additional Israelites to Aaron and his sons. So Moses collected the redemption money from those who exceeded the number redeemed by the Levites. From the firstborn of the Israelites, he collected silver, weighing 1,365 shekels, according to the sanctuary shekel. Moses gave the redemption money to Aaron and his sons, as he was commanded by the word of the Lord. Let me explain what's going on here. All right. In Exodus season two, the final plague against Pharaoh was the death of the firstborn son. Israelite firstborn sons were spared and passed over by the angel of death because they had the blood of the lamb over their doorway. Now, after that first Passover, God claimed that all firstborn male children belonged to the Lord because he had redeemed the firstborn in Egypt. He had saved that firstborn child and they were to be given to full-time service to God in the future tabernacle. Now, in Numbers, the firstborn son from the tribes is being exchanged by a male from the Levite tribe, because then God said the Levites are going to be in charge of everything. But it has to be a one-for-one trade. And if you notice from what Heather read, we're off by 273. We have 273 more males from the tribes of Israel than there were Levite sons. So the tribe sons had to be redeemed with money. The effect of this transfer put every tribe in debt of gratitude to the Levites for taking the place of their sons. It also gives the entire nation a stake in the ministry of the tabernacle because if they had had to give up one of their sons, their firstborn son, it was a costly loss of labor and, you know, that fruitful multiple thing, that growing of their tribe. And their firstborn son also is going to escape the arduous and dangerous job of tabernacle. 
tabernacle duty. So that's what that was all about. All right, moving on to chapter four, the census of the Levites to determine the number of age appropriate Levite workers, 30 to 50 years old is next. The Israelites needed to know exactly how many mature, responsible workmen they had to care for the moving and setting up of the tabernacle so they could assign duties. The packing began in order of the importance of the items being packed, starting with the Ark of the Covenant. So here are the priests and the Kohathites' responsibilities in packing and moving. Chapter 4, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take a census of the Kohathite branch branch of the Levites by their clans and families. Count all the men from 30 to 50 years of age who come to serve in the work of the tent of meeting. This is the work of the Kohathites at the tent of meeting, the care of the most holy things. When the camp is to move, Aaron and his sons are to go in and take down the shielding curtain and put it over the Ark of the Covenant law. Then they are to cover the curtain with a durable leather, spread a cloth, a solid blue, over that and put the poles in place. Over the table of the presence, they are to spread a blue cloth and put on it the plates, dishes, and bowls and the jars for drink offerings. The bread that is continually there is to remain on it. They are to spread a scarlet cloth over them, cover that with a durable leather and put the poles in place. They are to take a blue cloth and cover a lampstand that is for light together with its lamps, its wick, trimmers and trays and all the jars for olive oil used to supply it. Then they are to wrap it and all its accessories in a covering of durable leather and put it on a carrying frame. Over the gold altar, they are to spread a blue cloth and cover that with the durable leather and put the poles in place. They are to take all the articles used for ministering in the sanctuary and wrap them in a blue cloth, cover that with a durable leather and put them on a carrying frame. They are to remove the ashes from the bronze altar and spread a purple cloth over it. Then they are to place on it all the utensils used for ministering at the altar, including the fire pans, meat forks, shovels, and sprinkling bowls. Over it, they are to spread a covering of durable leather and put the poles in place. After Aaron and his sons have finished covering the holy furnishings and all the holy articles, and when the camp is ready to move, only then are the Kohathites to come and do the carrying. But they must not touch the holy things or they will die. The Kohathites are to carry those things that are in the tent of meeting. Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, is to have charge of the oil for the light, the fragrant incense, the regular grain offering, and the anointing oil. He is to be in charge of the entire tabernacle and everything in it, including its holy furnishings and articles. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, See that the Kohathite tribal clans are not destroyed from among the Levites, so that they may live and not die when they come near the most holy things. Do this for them." Aaron and his sons are to go into the sanctuary and assign each man his work and what he is to carry. But the Kohathites must not go in to look at the holy things, even for a moment, or they will die. Aaron and his sons, the priests, have the most precious packing job and the most pressure, for they are responsible for the holy things. The holy things cannot be looked at or touched by anyone but a priest. The priests themselves must be the ones to wrap them well so that the Kohathites don't accidentally touch something and die. And the Lord makes it really clear that Aaron it really has to pay attention because if he doesn't, he, the Kohathites are going to be destroyed and they're not going to have a Kohathite deem. The Kohathites, under the direction of priest Eleazar, one of Aaron's sons, take over once everything is packed. It is their responsibility to carry all these holy things away to the promised land. And they do that on these poles. It's very interesting to read. God is always 
concerned with order and is quite specific, even down to color coding the articles to identify the most holy articles. Note the ark located in the most holy place is the only holy object with color on the outside. So everybody would have been like, whoa, stay away from that. Don't drop that. Be careful. And later on in the Old Testament, um, somebody is going to slip while holding it. And it is a deathly prospect. The objects from the holy place were wrapped in blue and then covered with the skin. And the objects from the courtyard were wrapped in purple. Okay, now here are the Gershonites' responsibilities. Verse 21, the Lord said to Moses, take a census also of the Gershonites by their families and clans. Count all the men from 30 to 50 years of age who come to serve in the work at the tent of meeting. This is the service of the Gershonite clans in their carrying and their other work. They are to carry the curtains of the tabernacle, that is the tent of meeting, its covering and its outer covering of durable leather, the curtains for the entrance of the tent of meeting, the curtains of the courtyard surrounding the tabernacle and altar, the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the ropes and all the equipment used in the service of the tent. The Gershonites are to do all that needs to be done with these things. All their service, whether carrying or doing other work, is to be done under the direction of Aaron and his sons. You shall assign to them as their responsibility all they are to carry. This is the service of the Gershonite clans at the tent of meeting. Their duties are to be under the direction of Ithmar, son of Aaron the priest. And here are the Merorites' responsibilities. In verse 29, count the Merorites by their clans and families. Count all the men from 30 to 50 years of age who come to serve in the work at the tent of meeting. As part of their service at the tent, they are to carry the frames of the tabernacle or its crossbars, posts, and bases as well as the posts of the surrounding courtyard with their bases, tent pegs, ropes, all their equipment, and everything related to their use, assigned to each man the specific things he is to carry. This is the service of the Merorite clans as they work at the tent of meeting under the direction of Ithamar, son of Aaron the priest. Once everything in the tabernacle was taken down and ready to move, the Kohathites carry the most holy things under the direction of Eleazar. The Gershonites carry all the curtains and coverings under the direction of Ithamar, and the Merorites carry all the frames and hardware under the direction of Ithamar also. It is estimated from Numbers 33 that the Israelites moved 42 times from Egypt to the Promised Land. And within that 42 times, they moved from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land 30 times. Since the tabernacle was created at Mount Sinai, that means the priests and Levites moved the tabernacle 30 times. Now, that does not seem like a big deal to us. However, when you consider that if the Kohathites did one thing wrong, they would die. And when you consider the size and weight of just the curtains alone that surrounded the outside, which was an area of 75 feet by 150 feet, plus the curtains on the inside and all the poles and gold and bronze objects and animal skins and on and on, we discussed all of this in Leviticus. I will put a diagram of the tabernacle in the show notes, but it's not going to do it justice. Go back and listen to season two, episode 18, which was really Exodus, not Leviticus, to really appreciate what a monumental task this was that they did without forklifts, (laughs) Rubbermaid storage boxes, and U-Haul trucks. They did have carts and ox, but that's it. I struggle just to get my Christmas decorations packed and into the attic. And fortunately for me, I won't die if I break an ornament. I cannot imagine the logistics of moving all this stuff. 
Yeah, but I love that God assigned them each individual mm-hmm. tasks because he knew that it was a really big job. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you just have to remember these like eight things, just do yes. these eight things. And if everybody just knows what their job is and does their job, then the greater task is accomplished. And that we can take from that today, I think, mm-hmm. in our daily lives, in our work, in our families, because I think that's a really good example that we can follow. And it really gets even more specific. So yes, when you think of the number of men that were there, it's like, okay, you're all you have to do is go get poll number 27. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe they only had to be responsible for one thing and carry it. I tell it to my kids, all you have to do is take out the trash. All you have to do is unload the dish. That's all you have to do. Just the dishwasher and the trash. And they That's still it. don't do it, no, right? No, they don't. Okay. No, they do. They do. Yeah. Just not all the time. <laughs> the numbering of the Levite clans is next. Verse 34. Moses and Aaron and the leaders of the community counted the Kohathites by their clans and families. All the men from 30 to 50 years of age who came to serve in the work at the tent of meeting counted by clans were 2,750. This was the total of all those in the Kohathite clans who served at the tent of meeting. Moses and Aaron counted them according to the Lord's command through Moses. The Gershonites were counted by their clans and families. All the men from 30 to 50 years of age who came to serve in the work at the tent of meeting counted by their clans and families were 2,630. This was the total of those in the Gershonite clans who served at the tent of meeting. Moses and Aaron counted them according to the Lord's command. The Merorites were counted by their clans and families. All the men from 30 to 50 years of age who came to serve in the work at the tent of meeting counted by their clans were 3,200. This was the total of those in the Merorite clans. Moses and Aaron counted them according to the Lord's command through Moses. So Moses and Aaron and the leaders of Israel counted all the Levites by their clans and families. All the men from 30 to 50 years of age who came to do the work of serving and carrying the tent of meeting numbered 8,580. At the Lord's command through Moses, each was assigned his work and told what to carry. Thus they were counted as the Lord commanded Moses. So everyone is accounted for, at least all the men, not the estimated 1.5 million women and children who are not named. But everyone in the camp knows where they are supposed to be. And somebody apparently even made banners and standards, it said throughout all those verses, to set the individual tribe camps apart. Or perhaps they made standards and banners so that children can at least find their way to their tribe, if not their own individual clan or family. My kids, I can tell you this, would have been tethered on a rope and tied to the tent for fear I would lose them in the crowd. Oh, you are not that much of a helicopter mom. Oh my gosh, can you imagine two million people camping out together? Yeah, but they all took Little care kids, of each other. And remember, it was different times <laughs> no, no, back no. then. But remember, I would have been fruitful and multiplying, so by this time I would have had 10, 15 kids. How do you keep track of that? Now, in the next episode, it appears that there were more than just a few jealous husbands who wanted to tie their wife to their tent because there's going to be a lot about unfaithfulness in this campground of two million, which is a lot of people in close quarters, all trying to be fruitful and multiply. What's a club without friends? If you're enjoying the Bible Book Club, why don't you share it? And then you can say, Welcome Welcome to to the the club. Club. New episodes drop every Monday and get all episodes now on Amazon Music. As always, head over to SusanMe.com slash Bible Book Club for show notes from today's episode. Bible Book Club is hosted by Susan Merrill and Heather Rubio. Edited by Buck Buchanan. Produced by Haley Mawatt.